Hello, everyone, and welcome to Art and Rural Knowledge, the podcast. I'm Adele. Well, it's Saturday morning, and it's pretty stormy outside. Nice day to be tucked away at home. I know it's not Friday. Uh, I originally tried to get these podcasts out on Friday, but that just seems to be a really difficult day to get (laughs) something out for some reason. So I'm just going to say the weekend. These podcasts come out sometime on the weekend, Saturday or Sunday. So today I'm going to share with you the other half of my jam making session with the lovely Mary Beth Carty. We finish making our jam, we chat about music and art, the importance of sterilizing jars and lids. (laughs) Well, enjoy. come to mean someone who plays the acoustic guitar and writes songs or I feel like that's what it has come to be connotated with Mm -hmm. but in the pure sense of the term folklore folkloric it would be kind of old songs passed down through generations so in that sense like yes I do play the acoustic guitar and yes I do write songs I try to go further back than like contemporary songwriters as my source of influence. Mm -hmm. So just going back to ancestral music from various cultures all over the world, that's my huge biggest inspiration. So I've been listening to a lot of Chinese music lately, Mm. which is really beautiful. And like I have an album that I'm completing. It's songs inspired by, like I play the accordion, so... In accordion music, my biggest influence is like Yiddish, European um, folk songs. So my songwriting is influenced by that those genres. Mm-hmm. But as a visual artist, I call myself a folk artist as well because <laughs> I have no training. Because in high school, we had to choose between art and music because the class was at the same time of day. Oh, no. So everyone had to pick... Uh, between music, art, or typing. And what is, <laughs> oh, those poor typing <laughs> students. <laughs> what is so shocking to me is that like 75% of the people in my year at school chose to take typing. Oh, no. <laughs> and then, you know, 15%, and I'm not good at math, as you can tell, 15% in music and the other the rest in art class. So, so And then... But I always was passionate about drawing mm-hmm. and, and painting and things. I just have no, like, very little, very little training. But so I do what I can with the little skills that I've learned <laughs> or, or just the materials that I have. I, like, I have no tr- skills, so I'm just like, okay, but I have watercolors and a sketchbook. And a lot of times um, I'll go out alone or go see a band and 
the best way to listen to the music is to draw the musicians. Oh. So I really love. So and then that way, you're listening. You're at the show. You're listening. You're observing them. You're watching what's going on. You don't have to be sitting there having a conversation with someone talking over the music. You, I find it's much more enjoyable for me. And I love your, I've, <laughs> guiltily I will tell you that I've looked through your sketchbooks before at the oh. studio. Yeah, just the drawings of people playing instruments that mm. are beautiful. These like beautiful contour drawings that are, they're just loose and Thank they're you. awesome. Thank yeah. you. Yeah, and another thing is people will see you um, in public with your pencil or your watercolor drawing and it attracts them. They want to come over and talk to you and look at what you're doing and kind of mm. comment on it and it's a good way to make friends yeah <laughs> <laughs> how's our jam okay, let's stir this yeah it's looking good so what are your favorite art materials to work with i like having my little watercolor kit that's portable you know with the little mini paintbrush and it'll fit in your purse mm -hmm. i have a favorite pen that is waterproof that you get at staples <laughs> I think it's called Uniball. <laughs> Shout out to Staples. I like ink a lot. I recently bought a bunch of different colors of ink. Like, I keep adding colors. I'm like, I find an excuse <laughs> to get a certain color. So yeah. recently I got turquoise and magenta ink. But then again, again, it's like, oh, would somebody tell me the right way to, to use these materials? But I think, you know, ink, it's starting with the... Ch I started with just black ink, the china ink. Mm -hmm. And it's so... Yeah, you can water it down and make shades of gray, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, I also love uh, crafts. I used to do sewing. I still have my sewing machine, but I haven't touched it in years. But um, lately I've been doing felting. Mm. So it's that's really easy. You just buy dyed wool and then you just stab it. <laughs> you stab it into another piece of wool with that, a needle. That feels good. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's like voodoo. Yeah. Again, yeah, sometimes I will take that out. I have one friend who, Antoinette, and she, we like to go out to the bar with our felting. And yeah, that attracts a lot of attention. Yeah, but it would. Yeah. It's cool if you're working on a big project. You can be like, hey, come over here. Here, have a needle. Like, try this. And then and all yeah. of a sudden, bam, you're project is done <laughs> get people to do your work for you yeah 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 a good way to i don't know introduce yeah. people to different art and <laughs> i mean it like and another cousin of mine she we were just hanging out at her house and i'm like here try this and i had like circles cut out to me this beautiful brooch and she wears it everywhere oh yeah and people are always complimenting her on it yeah. and then she said like i made that yeah and it's just people are like no you didn't <laughs> Shout out to Cassie McDonald. Yeah. <laughs> that brooch looks good on that orange jacket. <laughs> My favorite things. I get so enthusiastic about um, just getting people to make stuff. I'm like, please just make more things. It's, it's good for the self-esteem. Good for the... Mm. And, and you can... It's good for the pocketbook. I mean, you can come onto something and sell it on Etsy or, you know, yeah, farmer's market. Yeah. So. Or even, I don't know, a lot of the stuff that I would make I just do because I'd never be able to afford to buy something like that myself yeah, yeah. <laughs> I have a tendency to like okay I want to learn this craft so I'll learn embroidery so I had like a vision for this 
kind of backdrop for a suitcase, a kind of a merch suitcase. So I learned embroidery just to make Was this. that the tree that was... Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So I did that one project. It took me like three years. Like I always start big like that. Yeah. Like, hey, I'm going to learn this and do like a five foot mural. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. So, and then once I completed that, I'm like, okay, now I can start my rug hooking. I got all the stuff about a year and a half ago. It's just sitting there. So I started rug hooking. Yeah, and once again, I got really far with it and then put it aside for a year. But so, but I learned that. So when I finished that rug hooking, I really want to learn quilting. So look at this jam now. I okay. think it's getting closer. Look, look, it's kind of... Oh, it's getting thicker. Hmm, what do you think? Should we boil it a little bit more before we put the sugar in? It's, I think just a little bit more. I think the more you boil it down, the, the thicker Better, it is. Yeah, I mean, it's hard. To, the thing about this jam is that this black currant jam is almost impossible to mess it up. It's almost always awesome. <laughs> no matter what yeah. you do. So that's what I like about it. So what was the first instrument that you ever learned how to play? It was the piano. Was it the piano? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, uh, there was a piano in the house. My mother had a piano. She, as a girl, she desperately wanted to learn how to play the piano. And her father, I think, I don't know how they, maybe they, he gave eggs to the piano teacher or something. So she went to the sisters, you know, at um, Bethany. Or maybe, no, maybe it was the sisters who taught her. Maybe they didn't charge, I'm not sure. Anyways, he paid the dentist with eggs. <laughs> <laughs> really? <laughs> Getting the stories all around here. Um, yeah, so she learned how to play on some little organ that they had. And then when she was a working woman, you know, in the days. Actually, back in the day, school teachers made more than university professors. Really? Yeah. What is going on? <laughs> so my mother bought herself a piano. And we still, so when I was growing up, we had this piano in the house. So I took lessons and I went to the New Glasgow Music Festival Aww. and competed <laughs> every spring. What made you pick up the accordion? Uh, the accordion I found at a party on a coffee table. <laughs> and I just picked it up and just started playing like then and there. I think me and Susie Murphy on the flute, we were just practicing a tune and then we went in the kitchen and played it for everybody wow. and then they were like oh you can borrow the accordion if you want and then when they looked for it back I skipped town <laughs> <laughs> I just love I'm kind of a nomadic person I'm always moving around and um, um, moving house to house so the piano is and I like to play in public I'm kind of a public I like I like people yeah <laughs> so yeah the accordion is nice and portable it is. And it's unusual. It is, yeah. And you might be, like, the third person I've ever met that's played. Yeah. <laughs> Only three people. <laughs> well, it's funny. It's more common than you think. I was riding a taxi in Dartmouth the other day, and I was telling the taxi driver that I was a musician. And he's like, what instrument do you play? Accordions. Like, oh, yeah, not too many people play an accordion these days. Yeah, we don't see that very much. He's like, well, but my wife plays the accordion. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, no way. So she... So t what are you... What's going on? You're going next week to Europe? Yeah. I'm leaving on Monday, and I'm flying to Vienna. Actually, yeah. I'm flying to Vienna. And then, yeah, three-week tour uh, called the Guinness Celtic Caravan, sponsored by Guinness. 
uh, with uh, two Irish trios. Oh, wow. And actually, one of the members, actually, there's accordion in both bands, Baton accordion, and Dermot Byrne said this name at a session the other day in Halifax, and he was like, Dermot Byrne, he's like the best accordion player in the world. Oh, wow. And then I went and listened, and he is wonderful. So I'm really excited to get to know these Irish musicians. And I'll be accompanying Julian Boucher. And we will be playing at the Accordion Festival in Vienna, which wow. is like a 20-day festival. And actually, is I, it 20? There is a 20-day. It's day like a month accordion festival. Yeah, it's like a month-long festival <laughs> where every night. Just about the accordion. Yeah, and where every night in a different venue around the city of Vienna, there's a show that features accordion. Wow. And actually, the night I get there, the, it's like the opening of the festival. So I could go see some other accordion shows, which I think I might do. You should, absolutely. Yeah. But I've been studying German, so hopefully I will uh, learn some more in German and be able to use it. Look at this, Adele. I think this... Is it ready for the sugar? I, I think so. Look how thick it is. Oh, yeah. It's really boiled down. And those berries are really crushed. Yeah, they do. They look okay. crushed. I think it's sugar ready. Let's do it. So we need six cups of sugar. Okay. Oh, my gosh. So I poured um, some of that sugar in that bowl. I didn't measure that, so people keep giving me their old sugar that's kind of hard and or That's kind of good. They just don't want their sugar anymore. <laughs> nobody wants, nobody eats sugar these days. <laughs> wow, thanks for helping me with this. I never would have gotten to this. It's, it's one of those things that is way more fun with people around. You kind of lose courage in it because it takes so long and you have to kind of, mm -hmm. you can't go anywhere really. So I'll wash some jars. So how do you, um, what do you do with the jars? Do you sterilize them in yeah. the big pot? Yeah, so first I wash the jars, and even wash the lids. And um, the thing that I've learned over the years is that you need to learn, um, use new lids every time. Okay. okay, so now we are sterilizing the jars. So I just boiled the kettle, and I'm pouring it into the canner, the giant black pot where we are, you know, rolling down the jars. Make sure you always wash your jars with soap and water before you put them in the canner. So how long do we sterilize the jar for? Oh, well, that's a good question. Let's ask the internet. No, I just, <laughs> uh, like five minutes, I guess. Okay. Maybe I didn't leave those in long enough. No, that's good. I, yeah, I don't know. I think um, they just need to be in boiling water, right? Yeah. Probably for over a minute. Yeah. But... Yeah, the thing about the soap and water is if there's any dust or anything, dust that off. And especially with new jars. And mm -hmm. even when you open them, new thing with lids, it still has all that weird factory yeah. unknown dust on it. So make sure you wash the lids. So we've got this going now. Oh my gosh, you know what the secret... Um, and oh yeah, if you're using a ladle, dip it in the boiling water before you put it in the can. Mm -hmm. And get yourselves a funnel. Now... Usually I use a plastic one, but my mother couldn't find that one when I went to get the jammy stuff. So, but there's one here. It's like a weird metal one, but again, see there's like a weird film on it. I'm going to wash it in soap and water, dip it in the hot boiling water, and that way everything will be ready. It's so sterilized? Yeah. Okay, so now I'm ladling the jars. So I got also um, a nice pair of tongs. It's good for dipping things into the hot boiling water or taking them out mm -hmm. and having oven mitts is also handy 
There we go. That's our first jar. And, you know, a couple of dishcloths to handle the hot jars. So eventually I'm going to put this back in here. But do you want to take the tongs mm -hmm. and get the jars over there? Sure. Okay, jar number two. What's scary? I, oh, I'm going to do that. actually quite like this is living on the edge right now <laughs> all this jam we're making i know it's so hot yeah <laughs> look at it it's beautiful it's kind okay. of hilarious to do this like audio jam making <laughs> yeah because no one can see what this looks like but the, you can use your imagination so. so i'm putting on the cover right now i'm just twisting it on they say fingers i don't know there's like a certain do you finger want to like fingertip tight? Yeah, you don't want to tighten it too much, right? Because you want the air to escape. Do you? And then when you take it out of the bath, you tighten it all the way. Is that how? I think so. Or you wait till it pops. Like you wait till it. Mm. That's what we always do. So you put it on tight, but not like cinched down. Mm -hmm. Because when you take them out of the water bath, you want the air to be able to escape. I keep saying it. <laughs> escape. <laughs> escape. Um, you want the air to escape. And, and then the, it seals itself, like the vac creates a vacuum. Oh, yes. um, so once they snap, then you can screw the lid on completely tight. So what time did we start boiling this, uh, these oh, berries? Oh, you know, I should have checked the time. It took a couple hours. Yeah, yeah. Not so bad. It took about an hour for the berries to get to the consistency that we wanted more of the jam. Did it? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And there's no real labor involved. You don't have to cut up anything or, you know, like a lot of relish recipes. You have to finally chop, chop things. Mm. But this one, you just throw the berries in and let them boil. So it is kind of painless in that way. Mm -hmm. so just takes time. We've got four um, jars now for a total of um, that's that would equal one liter there, and that would be 0.75 liters. So we have 1.75 liters canned, and then we have this. If we had one of those little mini jars, that could go in there. All right. <laughs> so now we're putting the jars back into the water bath. The jars are full. They have their lids on, and they're gonna go into the metal tray, and then we'll boil it for about 10 minutes. It's important to keep the jars upright, so you kind of have to have enough water that's gonna, it's gonna cover your jars. It should cover the tops of your jars. Let's just see, Adele, do we have the right amount of water, or do I need a little bit more from the kettle? Probably just a oh, little maybe tiny just a tiny splash. bit more. No, that's fine. Four jars. That's why it's always more gratifying to double the recipe because yeah, you know, eight jars <laughs> is way more impressive than four. <laughs> It's true. Um, yeah, the original plan was we were going to double the recipe, and I I was, like, really excited when I found two big bags of blueberries, blue, like, colored berries, but one of them was, was actually bl blueberries. Yeah. <laughs> so, but this is good. This is good. We're cleaning out the freezer. It's true, and we... I learned something <laughs> today. And I got a task done that has been looming over me since about, <laughs> you know, September, so perfect. All right, we did it. Yay. Jam. <laughs>